Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today's podcast is being sponsored by E. Cornell. Now, before I moved to New York City and to business school, I was looking for a way to stand out among the sea of people I was competing against in the job market as well as my MBA program. And I can't tell you how much my marketing strategy course helped me. Organizations today need professionals with the right mix of skills to lead their businesses into the 21st century. They need creative, critical thinkers who can go beyond the fundamentals to make strategic decisions in a fast-paced and global and agile environment. eCornell offers certificate programs in leadership, strategic management, finance marketing, business strategy, project leadership, human resources, and much, much more. At eCornell, you can start where you are, 100% online, and on your terms. To earn an Ivy League certificate in as little as, get this, three months, three months, people, head over to www.ecornell.com forward slash nomads, and you get a 20% discount off of most of the eCornell selections of certificates. eCornell, Ivy League around the world. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxit. Today, I have the lovely Andrea Lubier with me, and she's the CEO of Melbird, but I'm going to let her talk a little bit more about her background. Welcome to the show, Andrea. Thank you. Good to be here. Okay. So, I, you know, I mentioned that you were the CEO of, uh, of you know, Melbird, but I want you to dive into a little bit about who you are, what you do, and why you do what you are. Maybe a background. Sure, yeah. Um, so, yeah, again, my name is Andrea Lubier. Um, I am the CEO of Mailbird, which is an email client for Windows that focuses on productivity. And I'm half American, half Filipino. I was born in France, uh, lived in Africa for the first four years of my life. Um, from there, I was in Thailand for two years. After that, Indonesia for nine. And then after that, to the U.S. And I was there for 13 years. Now I'm in Bali, Indonesia again. I had to come back. So 
Um, why I'm doing what I'm doing is I've always had a strong, strong passion for entrepreneurship. Um, aside from that, I, I love traveling, of course, as, as you can see. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm also very addicted to spicy food. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like you found the right place to be in that because uh, <laughs> I've heard about the, the food in Indonesia. So, okay, spicy food. Um, so, you know, you mentioned a lot of things there. You say, you know, we have different basic multi multicultural backgrounds. So how do you usually identify yourself? Uh, it's probably the same, probably same answer most people are going to give that you talk to that are that come from different cultural backgrounds. So usually when people ask, where are you from? Uh, I, I actually do take the time to dive into the full story. Like, okay, I was born here. My parent, my mom's Filipino. My dad's American. Uh, I, I kind of go story, but then after a while, I got to the point where I was like, oh, it's just easier to just say, oh, I'm, I'm American. Because, you know, I have an American passport. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm from America. <laughs> and then the next question is, okay, where in America are you from? And so that's the next complicated question because, like, okay, well, I was not ever born in America. Again, I was born in France. So uh, for a while, I was like, okay, I, I guess I'll just pick where my grandparents on my dad's side live. So they were in Florida. So I'd just say, okay, yeah, from Florida. And then they'd start asking me a bunch of questions about Florida. And, of course, I did not know the answers to them. So, yeah, it was kind of like. No, it, uh, it, yeah. it never stops. Um, I, I get asked, it never ends, yeah. I guess I guess asked all the time where I'm from. And then, like you, I, I just picked the passport country, uh, Nigeria. Mm. And then the next question is, you don't sound... Nigerian, and then I'm like, well, you know, I grew up here, 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 here. Okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah. then where? And it, you know, it goes down, uh, you know, through this rabbit hole. Okay, so <laughs> American, you identify yourself as then. You said you had to go back to Indonesia, and you know, what else was the pull there? What what drew you there? I know entrepreneurship is one of the things. But what about Bali? Was a, a place that resonated with you so much that you had to move. Um, so when I, when I left Indonesia, I was at the time living in Jakarta um, and I left after my freshman year in high school. And so I went to, um, Ohio to Cincinnati, Ohio of all places in the U S <laughs> to move. So, so not super exciting. And, you know, coming from a like very international school, of course, um, while living in Jakarta, and then going to Ohio, like a little small town where there was like no more traffic, where I was used to like a ton of traffic on the roads in Jakarta. Um, and everyone was basically from Ohio at my high school. <laughs> so the, when I arrived there, I was kind of like, oh, are, are you from China? I'm like, okay, wow, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so basically I was in Ohio for a long time. I never really felt like that was my place. I, I always wanted to live by the ocean. So it's kind of my dream line. Um, and I think you hear the story a lot that a lot of people that grow up overseas, you know, as, as this term that you keep hearing as a third culture kid, um, they have a tendency to go back to kind of where they grew up. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so I totally fit that, that mold or stereotype, um, in that I did return back to Indonesia. Um, why Bali? Simply because that, that was, I was reaching for, you know, kind of my dream. I wanted to live on an island. Indonesia was perfect. I knew the language already. And I also wanted to, to pursue entrepreneurship and actually start my own business. So I started exploring different opportunities. That's how I ended up here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of, a few, a lot of things you said that resonated with me there. Um, excuse me. And, you know, the traffic you said was all of, all, of, all of a sudden non-existent. 
Um, and the reason I'm saying this is because, you know, I'm from one of the largest cities in Africa, or, or uh, probably largest, uh, Lagos, Nigeria. And then right. when I moved to to small town Virginia for college, started working there after there, I, you know, the pace of life was so different. And I said, yeah, yeah, slower, right? Yeah, like, it was like, what is going on here? Yeah, it was a lot slower. It was a college town. And then I, I, uh, I, you know, I started working there after two years. And I, you know, I made this this one trip to visit my mentor up here in New York City, and then, uh, you know, I, I I fell in love. You know, I was like, this is it. I'm moving here. Um, I, there's no, there's nothing stopping me. I don't care what's going on. The traffic, <laughs> and and people always complain about traffic, and I complain about traffic. I've been in traffic in Lagos for six oh, yeah. six to seven hours, but <laughs> I was like, this reminds me of home. I have to come yeah, here. I mean, exactly. yeah, the traffic, the people, the crowds. Even the dirt on the street. I was like, this is yeah. just like something that I can resonate. I'm coming here. And I felt the energy. And so when you're saying that, I was like, yeah, yeah. I just couldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I wanted to explore. And like you, you know, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. So I was like, yeah, this, I feel like my creativity is being stifled here. Exactly. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's a great way to put it. Because it's exactly, exactly our thought. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so basically, you know, from, from all the travels, in uh and uh you know experiences you've had uh what have you learned from your time overseas you know how do people perceive you know perceive you uh in terms of culture and what have you learned through your your own unique uh lens yeah so i guess uh, the thing that i remember the most is is of course indonesia because that's kind of where i spent first grade to ninth grade um so there's a lot that happens over that period of time of course as you're growing up through adolescence and because I think I went to an international school when I was there, like I was exposed to so many different people from so many different cultures all the time. And so that was very comfortable to me. Um, and so when I, when I left, it was kind of like, I, I feel like I, you know, left with this the crazy open mind, you know, when it comes to differences, the cultural differences. And then when I moved to Ohio, people were like, do you have running water in in Indonesia, I'm like, uh, yeah, we, we do, you know, so it was, it was very, I guess, it, it's almost like I had, like, culture shock, I guess I would say, because I came from this background where it's like, there's a lot of differences, you embrace them, um, people all have a different story, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people with mixed backgrounds, and then going to a place where all of that is removed was, was quite challenging, I would say, Right. Um, but what I've learned, I think, from it is just like over time to just embrace kind of like you know the background to embrace some of my differences because I think it, it's very it does make you special and I think you realize that when you're older whereas maybe when you're younger like oh it's so complicated to to explain everything yeah all the, the time. You, you definitely yeah. become more appreciative of uh of you know the different cultures and um, what your experiences are because it's you know you start to see exactly. things differently yeah. okay yeah and, yeah, I was just going to say, too, that, like, I think it's definitely shaped me because I'm, I'm a very social person. Like, I can pretty much connect with just about anyone that I'm, I meet. Um, and so, again, I think a lot of that comes because I have been used to adjusting and accustoming to different um, types of people from all over the world. So I think that's, that's kind of what one character trait that you see with a lot of people that, you know, come from two different cultural backgrounds from their parents and live in a different culture as well. Exactly. No, I love it. And and even even you know, when um our mutual friend Uliana introduced us, it was like 
you know, you, you yeah. were, yeah, the energy from the start. You were like, ah, I oh, yeah, this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. And then, you know, so I could definitely <laughs> tell. So, yeah, it's good. You're, you know, a master connector. So, um, uh, that's obviously reflective of how you, you, you grow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, you know, entrepreneurship, that, <laughs> that path, uh, this is also something that TCKs tend to, a lot of TCKs I've interviewed tend to get involved in just, you know, basically, you know, blazing their own path. For someone looking to get into a career like yours, what would you say to him or her? So if someone to get into a career like mine, I guess I guess I'll kind of maybe look at it from a broader sense. Like if someone wants to look into entrepreneurship, yeah. Um, what would I say to them? I, I I would basically say just go for it. Like I think a lot of people are to to pursue it because they they feel so like so out of control or uncertain of everything. But it's like just do it because. I've made so many mistakes, you know, over time, um, and I've learned a lot from them. And I think it's been one of the most, uh, I guess, valuable experiences um, having pursued entrepreneurship. That, like, yeah, you just have to like take. I mean, this sounds really cheesy, but like, yeah, take the risk, you know, because you're going to grow and learn so much from it. And especially, you know, if you're someone like like me who has been exposed to people from like all over the world. It kind of gives you a little bit of an advantage or a little bit of an edge too, um, especially when you're building a business, and especially for like a business like mine, it's 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 not a local local you know it's not localized. It's very much a global business because it's within email, and so again, perfect for me because I come again from such a diverse background, building a, a software product that is you know meant for people all over the world uh, that. I think that's why I've been doing so well with it Okay, it's because of my background. Yeah. No, I, I, I love it. I love it. And with, um, you know, with, with Millbird, what do you want to achieve with that? And how does it, how's it different from the competitors? Um, so it's different for the competitors because right now it's actually for windows. So if you look at the email applications that are currently on windows, so what's the first thing that comes to mind is it's outlook, you know, it's old school, hasn't changed much, very corporate. And it, well, yeah, that is Gmail or like web services for their email management. Um, but today, you, you know, email accounts are actually growing like crazy. Like each person now has at least five email accounts almost. And so when you look at that, just you're looking at billions of email accounts. And there hasn't really been like one solution to solve the many problems that, you know, we encounter. Uh, I mean, every day I think people are interacting with their email. And the matter of fact is that there, people are really bad with it. And so our kind of vision with, with, with Mailbird is to kind of build this software that enables people to improve their, their habits and managing information that comes through their inbox. Okay. Um, and we do it because we have great design within the application where we put the users first. And we have great features as well. And we're kind of the first doing a lot of things um, with email, like we have the first email speed reader, for example, it's like you think about cutting the time in half you actually spend reading email. Wow! So stuff like that, you know. Yeah. So we're really looking at innovating the experience because it's not going away. Um, <laughs> you cannot function, you know, in today's world. E- email is definitely a gift, and there's things that uh, you know people are saying that like, oh, social social media is going to take over email. Email is bad. It's like no, there's just stuff that's being built on top of it. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that speed reading thing is, is amazing to me because, you know, 
ever since I launched the uh, the magazine, uh, I essentially became an editor in chief uh, and a publisher. So I get a lot of you know pitches and emails coming to me and stories. Yeah. So speed reading is <laughs> definitely something that you I need. The speeder, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that's amazing. That's good. It's good to hear. Um, I love that you're you know you found a niche and you're you're trying to fix it for things because I I do think Outlook is Outlook is uh. It's getting old. I, I know it's the, the, the yeah. prevalent, you know, one, and it's Windows, so everybody uses it, but it's, you know, I, I feel like there's... It's just, yeah, it's not, not the only, yeah, it's just, there, it's not a good alternative for individuals. It's kind of like the go-to for corporate companies, mm. but, I mean, we're, we're looking to take those over, too, so... Hey, yeah, <laughs> take yeah. over the world. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So then, you know, as far as resources, what are the best uh, to use as an entrepreneur that you found? Uh, obviously, this is relative, but I'm curious what, <laughs> what, what, what yours uh, are. Versus, okay. Um, hmm. Okay, I, I have to say, of course, email. I'm going to mail bird because that's what I'm working ding, on. Ding, I ding. can't get at it. <laughs> My business runs with it, you know. Like yeah. I, I, I use it every day, so it's like that's an essential, essential part of how I communicate the business to the outside world and also communicate um, with others. So email, of course, have to have a really awesome email client. Um, other things, like especially when you're like leading a team, um, some tools that we use is are, include Asana. Um, so that is a task management application or tool that you can use, and it basically helps you organize tasks that you collaborate with um, within your team. Um, additionally, if you work with remote teams, um, of course, you have to start when you build a team with first hiring the right people. Um, gone through the experience of hiring people here and there. Some work out, some don't. Um, so first, you have to start with hiring the right people. And then on top of that, to really make the remote working thing um, work out Skype. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, people there people have their own choice of different, like, online meeting uh, tools. But, like, Skype has really been perfect for us. I mean, it does everything that we need it to do, and so, so I have no complaints with it. Okay. So Skype, definitely. And what else? What other resources? Mm, communities. <clears throat> so finding, like, a really, really good community wherever you are based um, so, for example, Bali itself is very much, you know, a developing uh, island. Um, Indonesia is still a developing country. And uh, this whole concept of, like, startup culture, tech startup culture, is just recently now emerging in the last couple of years in Bali. Um, so now it's a small island. I mean, well, small is relative, but, like, you can drive from one end to the other in three hours. Um, but you're starting to see these strong, really tight-knit communities uh, that are totally immersed in like entrepreneurship or tech startup culture. Hmm. Um, there's even like like Startup Weekend, which is like a Google uh, for Entrepreneurs event that is international. They're actually have, hosting their first event in Bali um, in the next week or so here. And so you know you have all these different communities that that help foster you know this this culture of innovation and you know being able to work abroad and being very productive. So those are the, the main resources. So it's like the online tools and then also having the community are the main things that you need. All right. So, so Bali is essentially becoming like a Silicon Valley that in that region. Yeah. You guys should read the this article. BBC actually came and interviewed me. Well, congrats <laughs> um, on that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They actually interviewed me. They, the article, if you Google it, it's um, it's called Silicon Bali. <laughs> Silicon Bali. Wow. Yeah. Silicon okay. Bali. Yeah. 
It's an uh, awful I, picture of me, but it's on there. <laughs> but, I, no. yeah, so <laughs> it's huh. a whole story about, like, what the, the startup culture is like in Bali right now and how it's emerging um, and how it's been changing over the last couple of years. So, yeah. yeah. And, and the, the community that I'm actually in, even, um, it's a co-working kind of startup studio called Startup Getaway right. uh, by a larger company called Livit. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It is, I mean, it is awesome. Like, I don't know. I Now I'm, I'm plugging Bali. I'm like, more people should come here because... It's, it's basically like you really feel like, oh, well, how do you work? Aren't you distracted? You're living on an island. Like, there's the beach. Don't you want to do that? Do this and that. Like, no, because we have a great community here. And why this community is so awesome is because I get to focus on building my business 100%. And then the extra time that I'm not focusing on my business, I actually am enjoying my life. <laughs> so how does that work is that again, this community fosters an environment where everyone's like working super hard. So it motivates you as well. And in addition to that, you know, all your regular day-to-day tasks, laundry, cleaning, you know, your room, going grocery shopping, all gone. Um, Amazing staff here that basically takes care of everything for you. And yeah, so you have all the time in the world to focus on business. So that's why I think it's also been really successful for us. Well, yeah, this like this really awesome ecosystem here. Yeah, definitely sounds like you get the, uh, the best of both worlds there. So that's uh, that's always a yes. good thing. Yes. <laughs> I know. So before before you know uh, Bali, whenever I, I thought of Indonesia, I used to think of Jakarta. Can you um, what's the difference? Can you tell us the difference between Jakarta oh, and wow. Bali? Yeah. Yes. So Jakarta has actually even changed like significantly since I lived there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't go back to visit, but like the number one thing is kind of the same thing that you, you come out with traffic. It's like, Oh yeah, I missed the traffic when I moved to Ohio. Well, I went back to Jakarta like a year ago here since I've been living in Bali for the last two years and it was horrendous. Like it was, <laughs> it's faster to walk to get around than it is to take a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, from point A to B. So Jakarta is definitely like the capital city of Indonesia. So it's a lot more busy. They say if you want the action, that's where it is. If you're in Indonesia, you have to go to Jakarta. Whereas Bali differs significantly because it's also predominantly um, Muslim in Jakarta, whereas in Bali it's Hindu. Mm-hmm. So have the religious differences there, and then also, I mean, it's uh, it's an island, so it's not this as crazy bustle bustle of a city. Um, so that's also really nice especially when you're, you're wanting to, I'm building a business from here. Gotcha. So those are, yeah, those are the main differences, but yeah. 
Huh, okay, all right. Um, you know, I'm going to transition you into your personal life here. So you, you moved you moved there two years ago. How do you deal? How have you, how have you dealt with that, you know, feeling of being home? I mean, how do you deal with family? Are you comfortable? Yeah, so my family has always kind of been spread out all over the world. I mean, like my mom's side of the family, she, she, my mom's Filipino again. So, like, my mom's side of the family is in the Philippines. My dad's side of the family is actually in the U.S., um, but then I also have an aunt that lives in Australia. So I've always kind of grew up with like a distributed family, if you will. Um, whereas like, like in Ohio, most of the kids I went to family was in Ohio, you know, it wasn't so spread out. So I always was kind of used to that. Um, <clears throat> so when I moved to Bali, I actually felt really, really, I mean, just almost like, yes, I, I found home again. Um, because I was back around, you know, a ton of people international from different international internationally different um, from all kinds of different places. Um, so different cultures again, being exposed to different cultures. And as you know, Bali is a you know it's a tourist town, so you have a lot of travelers that come through here as well. So again, more exposure to people from from all over the world. Um, so moving here, yeah, I, I felt a, like a a really strong sense of like peace of mind, I guess. Um, I felt at home because I, I knew the language, so, you know, I, I felt part of it. So I always would say, you know, like, I always think of Indonesia in general as my home away from home, even though I'm not Indonesian, you know, I'm, I just lived here. But, but it's very much a part of, you know, my upbringing, so it definitely felt like home when I came to Bali. Awesome, awesome. No, yeah, I, um, yeah, I think the one thing with TCKs is that you become used to to have family spread apart. I think this is actually the first year that I'm actually the same continent with my 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 whole family cuz uh ah. yeah, prior to that, you know, we were always apart. Um and yes. you know, you just become you become adept and skilled in the ability to be close but not be physically close, if you know what I mean. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Uh, um yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So that's that's yeah. good. Well, that, that was other that just made me think of something too. Like so a lot of like friends from Ohio like I still keep in touch with a few of them, but not as many as I, I thought I would. Whereas all of the kids that I went to school with when I was in Indonesia, um, or in Jakarta rather, um, like all of those people, I have reunions with them again, and it's like instant click. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's the one big difference I think that I've noticed. It's like having this kind of same worldly mindset of people exactly. and culture. Yeah. yeah you just click with those people. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's just like you, it's an instant understanding, you know. Uh, uh, I mean, so you just see them, you're like, oh, I, I, know what you, I know what you went through. Yeah, I know what you go through. And then it's, you know, and then basically you guys can uh, move on from there. All right? Yeah. So, Andrea, this is the question of all questions here for this podcast. Okay. Um, okay. My mission statement is, Use your difference to make a difference. So right. how do you, Andrea, use your difference to make a difference? All right. <laughs> I use my difference to make a difference um, by basically just being really open-minded with anyone that I meet. Um, I'm always open with sharing my story, and I'm always open to listening to people. So I make a difference because I make people feel very comfortable with their background and where they come from. And I, I hope that I also inspire people to, you know, embrace their differences and where they come from. So to really use it to, to leverage, you know, their life and what they want to do. So 
That's no, how it's good. good. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that's important because um, obviously not a lot of people think of it that way, but it sounds like you're educated um, a lot of people about the, you know, kind of what, how big the world is. I know the, the world is getting smaller, but some of the things that you learn when you travel is that there's so much to take in uh, and so oh, much to learn yeah. always. So, ah, that's yeah, good. definitely. Um, <laughs> what about a, a time when maybe... It was difficult for you. Can you talk about that with with all your your, dif- your different culture backgrounds growing up, maybe in high school, yeah, or high school? Uh, yeah, I, I, I would go back when I moved from Indonesia to Ohio because um, very drastic transition. So you know, going from international, you know, melting pot of, of kids from all over the place that are really passionate and you know doing a lot of different things, very involved. Um, to Ohio, where it was like it was just it was just like in the movies, right? Like, like the American high school, where you have like these cliques of like these are the nerds, these are the skaters, these right. are the jocks. So it was like totally exactly like that. I was actually really surprised by it. And then, like for me, it was really easy because I I was able to, to basically connect with just about like anyone. Um, gotcha. Because you know that, that I was just always really good with that, and having grown up in an international background. Um, the difficult part, I guess is the main question. The difficult part was like, like it was almost like you were being forced to feel like you had to be fit into one of these boxes all the time. And it's like, it, it, it seemed like no one really appreciated or embraced, you know, differences as much. So I think that was one of the challenges of course, but it, that, that's also high school. So, that's that changes a lot when you become an adult <laughs> so people do appreciate differences a little bit more I guess when you're an adult but yeah it, it was never really a major issue it was just more like this pressure of feeling like you had to fit into one type of person where it's like you know it's a lot more complicated than that <laughs> yeah no for sure uh you, you were going through that and I was thinking yeah. of uh of uh mean girls you know when lazy Lauren before pre pre uh you know, tabloid crazy Lindsay Lohan when she yeah. was in a, <laughs> when she was in this, she was essentially a third culture kid, right? When she came there, and then she was, you know, she had the culture shock of you know high school and what a high school in America is like, and she was describing oh. exactly this is the job, this is that, this is that. But yeah. um, yeah, all right, all right cool. Um, <laughs> what piece of advice would you give thirteen year old Andrea? Okay, so what advice would I give myself? Wow, okay. Hmm. I I would tell myself to, to really embrace change and to always keep taking risks. I guess that's kind of where I am today. Uh, yeah, to just, because I guess when you're a kid growing up, you're always, you know, kind of sticking with, with what you're comfortable with and afraid of, of change per se. So I think that's what it would be. It would be to not be afraid of change and to take more risks. That's what I would tell my 10 year old self. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's good. It's good. Cause I, um, I would just tell myself, you know, it's going to be okay. Tyler. I know all the, all these you're going through right now, it's all going to be worth it. Cause I, I remember I was like, yeah, oh, this is crazy. I'm different from everyone. <laughs> but, um, all right. Okay. <laughs> How do you sort of see multicultural people, uh, individuals, guys, girls, ladies and gentlemen, making an impact in the world? Sorry, can you repeat that last part? Sorry, I broke up a little. Yeah, no, I'd be more than happy to. So how how do you see multicultural individuals 
making an impact in the world? What is what are the different ways you feel like you know we as multicultures can can be world changers? I I think that you know especially for people that have not been exposed to different cultures or or you know yeah just just different cultures like when you meet someone that comes from such a diverse background. I, I feel the difference can be made by simply just interacting with the people and, and kind of understanding like, wow, you know, that there are a lot of beautiful different cultures out there. And, you know, I, there's a lot more going out on outside of my little bubble, I guess. Um, right. So I think it's just like the more multicultural or, you know, TCK kids, whatever, um, are out there. In, in leading positions, you know, whether they're the CEO of a company, whether they are a teacher, whether they are, um, you know, a motivational speaker or what have you, I think the more exposure others in the world can have to embracing cultural differences. Yeah, no, and um, that that's anomalous. That's New York City. This is what happens <laughs> every <laughs> every day. But uh, this is a. Uh... Kind of why I love, I, it. I love living here. <laughs> yeah, um, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'm going to uh, go to rapid fire questions here before we close. And, okay. you know, you're, you're probably the best person in the world to ask this because you've traveled all over. So I'm just going to ask okay. you questions about all the countries you've been to. So, okay. Boom, boom, boom. Um, okay. <laughs> Try my best. <laughs> what is the country with the best food? You're going to say Indonesia. Ooh. I would say Indonesia, but I actually really like Thai food. <laughs> Thai food. It's also really spicy. Yeah, so I did live in Thailand for two years. Thai food is really, really tasty. I love Indonesian food too, but something about Thai... Maybe it's because I'm around Indonesian food all the time, so I take it for granted. Yeah. But Thai food is like, it's the bomb. It's yeah. good stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, spicy food is my favorite food. I, I often have uh, spicy eating competitions, but uh, <laughs> still the champ. But, um, but you know... <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah no spicy food i definitely i, I would love that i was at a thai restaurant just uh the other day and we were actually with a lot of internationals i was with internationals so it's a uh a group that connects all these international people I mean, we were all eating at the thai restaurant and then awesome. uh, huh. <laughs> all right cool. um country with the best music Ooh, country with the best music okay that one's tough uh, this is so boring, but I guess when I went through my musical exploration phases, um, I guess I would I would have to say I would have to say the U.S. because that's kind of where I, the time that I actually embraced music. The best music that's kind of like where I got to explore my creativity. I guess a little bit more was was music when I was living in the U.S. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah. Um, I have a feeling this is going to be the same answer, but the best movies. <laughs> best movies. Oh wow. Okay. Hmm. What is my okay? I, I really like the movie Moon, Sam Rockwell. Just because I think it's brilliant. It's just like him and uh, basically Kevin Spacey, who's like a robot smiley face, and it's just very creepy and eerie. But also, you get to see how this guy, you know, hammers own and for a long period of time with a smiley face. That's his only personal interactions. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, let's see, what other movies? <laughs> I really like. Okay, the last movie I saw, Little Hollywood, a little too Hollywood, but I was really entertained. Was The Wolf of Wall Street, and I don't know why it was. It was 
wrong in every possible way. It was so, I, yeah, it was so wrong. I was in a cinema. <laughs> but it's very entertaining. <laughs> yeah, I was in a cinema. I, I did a back-to-back that day because I was going through the Oscar countdown. So I did, uh, uh, well, I can't remember the movie with um, uh, Amy Adams and uh, you know Bradley Cooper and all of them where they, they back in the 70s. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God, what is that? Yeah. yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Exactly. It, it was that, and then I, I did Wolf of Wall Street. It was back-to-back, so five hours in the <laughs> cinema. But I was like, I, I yeah. gotta see these two movies. But I, I was sitting there, and it was three hours of just, I can't believe Leonardo DiCaprio was doing all this stuff. But yeah. everybody, everybody was just laughing. It was it was, it was, uh, it was crazy. Uh, and it's a true life story. <laughs> well, based on true life story, so. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just a genuinely entertaining movie based on a true story, so that's also kind of like, wow, okay. Yeah, that actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so uh, which country has the friendliest people, in your opinion? Um, sorry, which country has the... The friendliest people. Oh, okay, this one's easy. Definitely, I would definitely say Indonesia. Well, and even, even more specifically in Bali, because everyone here is always smiling, you know, with you. Everyone's always willing to help. Um, everyone's always willing to share, you know, a little bit about their culture. I mean, I think I've been invited to like, uh, probably 20 different like ceremonies of some sort where they invite you to wear, you know, the traditional wear. I mean, everyone's friendly, re- really willing to share and help. So I would definitely say Indonesia. Right. Friendly as people. Right. Yes. Okay. Uh, second penultimate, you know, penultimate question here. Which country have you gone to? Maybe prior to, you know, visiting, you were like, ah, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. But when you went there, your perspective was completely changed. Uh, I'm sorry, the last part when I went there. And you, your perspective was completely changed. You are like, huh? Ah, I didn't expect that. Okay. Okay, so. So France, like I mentioned. But I can't say I've been to France, right? Because I've been there. never been there since. So I, I actually... For the first time, I can say I experienced Europe was actually about a year and a half ago, where I went to Sweden. <clears throat> and for some for some reason, uh, surprisingly, um, it, it was just I, I was expecting, you know, it was going to be all all white European, you know, people. And then like when I got there, I was like, wow, okay, it's actually pretty diverse here too. But you know, I was in Stockholm, so. These are usually a lot more diverse than the countryside. But yeah, I, I mean, I guess I was really surprised with the diversity that is available in Europe, too. Because, um, huh. again, it was my first experience. And I was like, okay, yeah, there it is. <laughs> no, nah, really, yeah, I, mean, I guess, it, no, it's not all tall, blonde, blue-eyed. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. Fun fact, I used to actually live in Sweden. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. <laughs> and then... If you ask me anything about it, I can't remember it because I was very young. Kind of like your France, ex- oh, okay. kind of like your France experience. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, my, my younger brother was actually born there, so Stockholm is uh, a place that we had. I, I do have pictures to prove it. I just do not. Okay. I do not. I can remember. <laughs> um, all right. Um, where can we find out more about you? Just go on. Um, well, to find out more about me, I'd probably say to actually go to to Mailbird's website, which is www get mailbird.com because this is basically everything that I have you know learned and everything that has shaped me you know as a child growing up in all these different places 
I've put everything into building this product, um, and it influences a lot of the decisions within our business. So we have little bios and write-ups of all our team members, including myself there, and of course, I'm happy to connect with anyone, um, whether that be via LinkedIn or Facebook. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. Thank you so much. I appreciate the Thank time. you so much. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.